You are about to experience Vegas bad boys of podcasting. Fortunately, you are about to hear lots of opinions. But uh, rarely any facts. Impersonation might occur. But uh, good luck trying to figure them out. This program is not intended for kids or the easily offended. Listener discretion is advised. You have been warned. You press play. It's too late to stop. Get ready to podcast. Matt Michaels here on the Vegas Bad Boys podcasting. Here with Bad Boy Bro Simon, formerly Simon Street. Uh, he's back here today. Uh, we got the Bad Boy of Comedy, Rob Solari, and we're joined by Travis. Uh, you know, Travis has been a a big backer of the show for a long time and has given us some inside information uh, as well as his opinions and views. Uh, also joining us, Blake Grayson, uh, who is a fantastic, knowledgeable person when it comes to pro wrestling. Speaking knowledgeable, George Hermosa. There you go. Very knowledgeable man. <laughs> and of course, Jesus Ricardo Rodriguez, uh, the golden voice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, that's him. <laughs> yeah, do. Um, so, uh, you know what? Um, yesterday, Survivor Series happened in Chicago. A lot of things went down, uh, including the returns of R Truth and Randy Orton. Uh, and then uh, I guess CM Punk decided uh, time to come back, huh? Uh, all right, so Travis, you kind of brought this together in terms of wanting to talk. Why don't you start off and uh, let's uh, get into it? Well, I mean, there's so much to talk about. I guess, uh, what do you want? You want to go top to bottom of the card? Yeah, we can start with uh, the top of the card, which was um, which the, was War Games match. Uh, uh, Sorry, damage control. Uh, Bailey, Oscar, Kyrie, and EO against the team of Bianca, Charlotte, Becky, and the uh, double ring, double cage in Chicago. Sold out 18,000 people, 32 yeah. degrees outside, but died. And, you know, did the roles of the match of the of the uh, participants, and then once all eight people, eight females were in the, as they say, the match beyond begins. And uh, we were talking earlier about uh, the spot EO did with the trash can on the head. Some people think she took nine years to set that up. Yeah, it was like it was like seven years. People are exaggerating. Well, you know, that and that the whole thing, uh, you know, set up. I, I like that word because just in general, um, what do you guys feel in terms of how the war games, both war games, um, how the setups were 
up to then the quote unquote start of the match. I mean, it's tough to go in there and work, you know, just one-on-one starting and then have the two-on-ones and then the two-on-twos still continue that story without it getting jumbled or, um, you know, just becoming kind of a mess. Uh, You know, do they do a good job in telling the story of the war games? I felt like this time around they did a better job. I think they were very strategic in, you know, kick, picking the right people to kind of start it off. People who, you know, like like with the men's Finn Balor, obviously, you know, the announcer even said it, you know, cardio for people who really want to listen to what the announcer saying. But I think also, too, he's somebody that is a good start. And then for the women, obviously, uh, Bianca Belair. So, I mean, but I also felt like they did a better pacing in the women's versus with the men but i feel like there was a lot to unpackage in the men obviously toward the end of the show but the women's definitely did a good job um you know i was watching it with family and you know i kind of called i said look i bet you bailey gonna eat that pin yeah and even though that did happen there was a story that led up to it and we'll probably see that more unfold the next coming weeks yeah is that what we're looking at guys are we looking at potentially bailey getting uh you know, ousted from damage control and then the horse mm-hmm. reuniting. Yeah, she'll turn face. Yeah. yeah. This was all set I up think, for uh, to take that loss and then get kicked out of the group. I think uh, this is the perfect uh, storm to, um, you know, Bailey. They've been using the term horsewoman over and over mm-hmm. and over last couple weeks i think bailey gets kicked out her two horsewomen will mates becky and charlotte bring her in you have your four damage control crews the three horsewomen and you know there's that empty spot that could be filled and if it's uh if you got to make it's it to four be, horsewomen it's gonna be izzy izzy's gonna come in and you know She's got the history with Bailey from back in the day. Come on, <laughs> totally obvious. I mean, I, I was, I was thinking, you know, uh, maybe they'll swerve people and and throw Sasha Banks in there, and oh. you know, you have oh. your original oh. four horsewomen against oh, the yeah. the damage control, you know, because someone is a free agent, and you know, I don't know why you would keep bringing up the horsewoman name if he don't have. You know the idea of going full all in we could say and bring her back to it into the mix can i uh, so, one up you on that one possibly travis you know one thing that i think we're, we're looking at is uh, that that's an obvious but what we're not looking at is you say damage control you take bailey out of the equation you really have three dakota kai still isn't a hundred percent and there's been many a talks of julia getting brought over Triple H is hungry for the company's hungry for. And if you don't know much about Julia, I mean, just watch her. Come on. That move, the glorious buster, glorious driver. She's somebody that, you know, has been in stardom. Chasha Banks or Mercedes Monet wanted to specifically wrestle her at when she went overseas. And that's somebody I think that if WWE can get a huge acquisition of that, you have four solid women who represent Japan. Versus the four horsewomen. You could book that, make that really something special. Well, I mean, 
Julia, her contract's not up till March. I don't think she's a big enough name to skip NXT. And, um, uh, you know, the, the American audience doesn't know her. You know, the, right. the, I think the one thing people need to understand that no matter what we read on the on Twitter and see from certain websites, that's a small percent WWE fan base. You know, their, their, their fan base doesn't know about much in Japan, let alone someone in stardom. So uh, there, there's a lot with her. Um, personally, I don't see her coming to WWE when the time is, which would be bring at the earliest. So, but I, I, I think, you know, like I said, things for a reason. And throwing horsewomen so much in the past couple of weeks, you know, I, I think that's, uh, that's a sign that they, they have something something idea and also at dakota is pretty much ready to be back now i'll leave this one alone but with dakota kai and the other three women if you were to put them up against four horsewomen do you think that's something that substantially is is a bookable thing and, I, and i'm not trying to devalue damage control minus bailey i'm just wondering is that enough to really get us excited i mean why not I mean, Eels Champ, uh, entertaining as hell. You know, Kyrie, Kyrie's talented. You know, her and Oscar are a perfect pair. And Dakota's, you know, Dakota's no more of an, as in quote unquote oddity of the group than Shotzi was with the, you know, in the match last night with her team. So, yeah, I, I, it's a marketable right, match. You know, it would be hard to sell those three smaller women against three larger, more athletic women with more belts between them. That's uh, that's a bit of a, a suspension of uh, belief or suspension. Okay, of but what are you selling at that point? Because that's not like that's going to be the main program. Because one, you're taking Bianca out of the loop, so she's a main eventer anywhere. You still have Rhea, and you still have Jade. You have your main eventers for singles match, ticket sellers, um, as far as females elsewhere, and they're the the other eight women before her. I guess my confusion is what are the four horsewomen actually? What are we calling them? Well, who comprises the four horsewomen? You know, Becky, Charlotte, Bailey, and and Sasha. That they, they were called the four. I mean, this goes back to the NXT days. Mm. You, you so, got to excuse you know, Rob. I mean, you gotta, Rob. Rob is not an NXT person at all. Um, all right. Blake, what are you, what are your feelings on the women's match, man? I thought the match was great. Um, I thought it was awesome how Becky and Charlotte got back together. It looked like with the hug, crowd pop for it. So I thought it was a good storytelling all the way through. Um, just like everybody else in this chat. I do think Bailey's getting kicked out. I'm, 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 but I'm curious though when she turns face, are we getting like Bailey with the headband and the streamers and all that stuff? Like, how far is Bailey going to go with it? So I'm very interested in that. Hey Ricardo, um, yeah. when you when you think about what the women's division was like, you know, when you were there, 
what is the difference in the evolution between then and now? So when right before I left, this is around the time where uh, Becky, Bailey, Charlotte were just on that cusp of starting everything over down at NXT. Uh, this is like the original takeovers, which I was a part of the very first takeover, the first few, I think, takeovers. Um, and then it, I think it was really when Natalia and Charlotte had that match that really just got a, kind of like set a lot of things in motion. Mm -hmm. When uh, I think Bret Hart and um, and Rick were in the corners. I mean, that match was awesome. Um, uh, and I think that's around the time where everything kind of started going off, which is also really awesome because at the same time, it was around that time frame that the women's soccer team uh, had like dominated the World Cup. Um, I there was this whole like women empowerment thing that was going on. I think Michelle Obama was also like really big behind that at the time when uh, uh, obviously uh, Obama was president. So there was this big, huge, big women's empowerment. Ronda was like dominating the UFC. Um, I know there was something else that had happened. I want to say tennis, maybe. Uh, maybe Serena had done something awesome. I don't remember, probably. Yeah. Uh, but there was a huge like overall uh, empowerment in, in women's sports. Uh, so that's around the time when, when well, it was like 2013, 14, around that time frame. Right. And um, yeah, no, I mean, big difference, obviously, between there and now. And then I, I do feel that since then, a lot of, between them, Impact, Impact has an awesome women's division. Yes. Uh, and I think Impact gets overlooked uh, a lot. Um, AW, you know, has, has, his, has their people there, too. Uh, I feel as a whole, it doesn't have the match capacity sometimes as Impact or even NWA sometimes. Um, but maybe, maybe because they're not given proper time or 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 effort. Um, hey, George. Uh, George, Chris just brought up a, a good point here. If Bailey goes back to the hugging and inflatables. Would that be a regression in her character development? I think so. While, while I was a big fan of the Bailey theme song, you know, the the the, the, the whatever they were called, the the, the wacky wavily hand thing, um, like you can't just go back. You can maybe have glimpses of maybe that character and you know evolving into the what you are now, uh, but you can't do the whole side pony gimmick anymore. Um, you, you just got to move forward. You, you know, you can't just go back. You don't see Triple H being the kinetic, the American blue blood anymore. Like he just kept evolving <laughs> and evolved into what he was. Even Taker, when he went back to the dead man, he wasn't fully the dead man that he was once in the early to mid nineties. He had a little bit of glimpses of, of the dead man with American badass with MMA. So I like to see Bailey kind of not, not go fully back to the hugger gimmick, but just maybe have glimpses of like, Hey, maybe like have the, the, the hugger song, but like a remix of it, you know. So just, yeah. I, I wouldn't mind seeing that. But I'm all, I'm all, I'm all with maybe Sasha coming back. I think Sasha still has that itch of wrestling outside of WWE that maybe a little bit that that she got derailed from when she, when she got hurt. Maybe she'll do the, maybe she'll do Wrestle Kingdom if she's healthy. And then I say WrestleMania, uh, she comes back at the big uh, three of the Horsewomen mystery partner against Damage Control. I just hope she doesn't bring that horrific ugly ass crisscross wannabe theme song that she plays wherever she's at nowadays 
I kind of like it. I'm oh God, <laughs> it's the war. How do you like? I mean, is it because it is it because it has that jump crisscross remix kind of thing? Or that's that's exactly why. Yeah, uh, yeah, a hundred percent. You can I rap. Nope. You can rap jump to that to that track. I yeah, hate it. Uh, what What's even worse is maybe knowing after watching her interview with Austin and just how much. I don't know if it, I'm sure it was half character, half real. How she is about like she's full of herself and just the way she says money. Like, oh god, I hate it. I hate I'm that a- <laughs> theme song with the passion. I'm glad somebody likes it, but it, it's so bad. Honestly, I mean, let's be realistic. I think most likely if she comes back, or I, I'm at the point of comes back. Um, you know, as far as music, Snoop is most likely going to be tied into it to to somehow. So. So I mean I don't I don't think we have to worry too much about crisscross you know she or anything like that. Her Star Wars theme, dressed up in her Star Wars armor, and uh, she'll grab a whole new group of people with her too. Get all the Star Wars nerds. She can be out in full Beskar, Mandalorian yes. gear. Yep. Yeah. Dude, what a bunch of but geeks you, know you are talking about Star Wars. We're here for pro you know wrestling, what? If, damn it. I was so happy to find grab- out they didn't kill off her character. <laughs> if she did grab that audience, that would be huge for WWE. Mm-hmm. You know, because well, it's real simple. Have the woman that's uh, Bo Katan, who's a co-star, and mm-hmm. have like since it's WrestleMania, do something to that degree. Um, I believe you that guys actress saying? lives in Oregon. You know, I'm just saying. You know, I got to agree advantage. with Simon Street. Um, I'm actually very interested if she, she's going to keep that finisher. Like I wonder oh, if they're going to have a go. Or, or uh, the, no, the, the new one. She had a problem. Yeah. She had trouble with at the beginning. So I'm wondering yeah. if she's going to keep that when she comes back. If she comes I, back. If she does yeah, come back, I'll be honest with you, she she probably should stick to some of the same, like the bank statement and Meteora. Although there's so many females that are doing Meteora in, on the women's roster right now. So. Uh-huh. Yeah. All she has to do is go. Uh, the, the, the final question on the women, and this is something that uh, – you know, could could be questionable, um, but uh, if they don't work it out with Sasha, is it possible that Ronda would do a one-off? <laughs> no. Um, I think if you're going to use the word horsewoman, then you're bringing in Ronda's crew. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Ronda doesn't have to do a one-off. Uh, I don't think she wants to. I think people are confused on what happened last week. But, you know, it was a favor in a city she didn't have to get on an airplane to go to. And, and that was it. Um, yeah. You know, if if Ronda really wanted to wrestle again in WWE, if she had a reason to not be in WWE and she still wanted to wrestle, she would be on AEW and not ROH. So, um, yeah, if, if it's going to be the horsewomen, as far as Ron is involved, then it would have to be her crew, the horsewomen, and they they can't form only for the fact that um, Marina's under contract. You know, I mean, obviously Shayna's there, and they could get Jessamine, but you know, they, when they do couldn't they get elevate Marina, Shayna so. Baszler? I'm sorry, what? When do they finally elevate Shayna Baszler? She's decent enough on the mic, and she has the skills in the ring. She transitioned well to an in-ring performer for. WWE style, uh, you know, fighting. What more does she really have to do? Because uh, she's decently sellable. She, when she's on there, I'm interested in what she has to say. I'm interested in her feuds, and I don't like that she's just used as a hitman. 
and a jobber. It's 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 to put somebody else over. It's annoying. I think she's she's got the talent to do more than what they're giving her. Oh, she's beyond talent, but you know, you only have two titles. So, what do you do? You know, you can't you can't wait till everyone wants to get pregnant. So <laughs> it, that's 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 the hard part. So yeah, but I mean, no, I'm serious. I mean, I mean, it's forever. it's 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 no secret that you know sh- next year maybe Charlotte's last last year for a while. Um. Yeah. So you know, I mean, there, there's that. You know, I mean, with, uh, you you could see you could see that eventually Bianca would probably want to go on that route as being a mother, and so on. <laughs> so um, you know, it's 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 one of those things where if if Charlotte is to leave eventually, and if Bianca was to take time off eventually, you know, got a whole. I mean, how many females are on NXT TV that you could call up tomorrow? At least. Five. There's like four. Yeah, four, mm. or five. four or five. There's I tell you because she's proven to be very squishy over the years. <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, I mean, if you, if you if you really wanted to like get in ring, you mean you could make a good program solid with Natalia versus Shayna for the title, but that's a program. That's more of a NXT title program. So, and Shayna's now that. They could send her to NXT and you know pop the ratings. So anything's possible. I think we know who's coming up soon from NXT. So all right. So Ricardo, the uh, the second match on that card was the Intercontinental uh, title defense for Gunther and uh, taking on the Miz. Um, you know, first off, do you think that the IC belt has gotten restored to its former uh you know prestige with uh gunther's uh title reign here and also how valuable is a guy like miz um in putting in that kind of work and you know making one hell of a match um that we knew he's not gonna win but the match was still just solid so I, I I will start off with I will be the first to tell you that even when I was there I was a misdoubter, uh, and I've I've made I've done interviews where I've said that I hated the Miz, um, but uh, it was I guess it wasn't until really afterwards that I really appreciated what the Miz is and what the Miz does and how valuable he really is. Um, He's made a lot of good points in his, in, in his promos where he doesn't get hurt. He does play it safe, but he's solid. Um, he'll always be a company man, and I think that's important. Obviously, he's older, um, and he has a, a, a gorgeous family. So, I do, I, he's he's awesome. I mean, and he's proven it time and time again where he'll go away, and then he comes back, and you're like, you know what? He's, he's definitely valuable. Um, do I think that the IC title has restored itself? To what time frame, though, uh, has it regained a lot of value? Sure. Is it back to where it was, let's say, in like the 90s? No. Um, uh, I'll be honest, I haven't followed too much of what's been going on as of late, so I don't know if, if – and again, it's nothing against Gunther or anything, but have they made him defend it consistently? Uh, or is it like one of those other titles that the, he has it, and I know even on other companies – they have it, but they never defend it. And if they do defend it, it's not anything that's worth 
uh, noting because it's a one-off or it's like something that started in one week and then in two weeks is done. Uh, has it been a buildup to this? I honestly don't know. Um, if it has, uh, this is a good person to have it against. Um, I, I, I'm I'm happy for Gunther. I've, I've met him once before, and then even well back when he was on the Indies. Um, so I don't know, man. Is it is it has it restored his prestige? Not to where he used to be. Is it on its way? Maybe. Um, but I haven't really been following too much to tell you. Uh, how they played it. Yeah. I think you said it right as to what era, because is the IC title what it was at WrestleMania 3 with Steamboat and Dragon? No. No. Is the IC title today what it was in 1990 with Mr. Perfect versus Bret Hart? No. Um, who knows what, you know, I, I don't know where you could really place the IC title at right now. Um, Good is it better than where it was definitely. like a couple years ago? Sure, I, th I think so. Yeah, uh, definitely, yeah. definitely, definitely better than when it was in the Attitude Era when you had like Godfather, Jarrett, D'Lo Brown, Edge, Goldust, all champion within like a month, right? Yeah, like, mm -hmm. yeah, definitely an improvement from then. But you made I a good point. Angle back then was amazing, uh, and also let's not forget about Chris Benoit. Those some of those IC matches were amazing. Some of the best technical matches mm -hmm. ever wrestled. They would be bigger than some of the main championship matches today. Yeah, I was so here's, that's, here's, yeah. A story. here's a little story because I was there for this when Cody was about to introduce the whole concept of trying to like uh, a, a change the strap color because that was something he wanted to do, and I was there for all this. Um, and he was he was pitching ideas left and right. This is uh, I think pre Stardust, yes, yeah, pre Stardust. Mm -hmm. So he was pitching ideas left and right on how to basically reestablish the IC title. So I remember when he had pitched the idea, because um, he told us right after he came out of that meeting uh, of changing the, the, the strap color. So uh, we knew ahead of time that that was in talks. We didn't know that we didn't know it was gonna happen, but we knew that he had just come out of the office and he had pitched an idea for IC title. So he went on this whole thing, right? And uh, so it happens. Awesome title looks awesome. He does. Uh, he does a little while. He, yeah, I, I don't know how many how long he had it, but he had it for a while. And then when he lost it, I remember he got so heated. Um, and I don't blame him because he had he had spent so much time pitching ideas and storylines and whatever that right after he lost it, that title went into like a hot potato type deal. Um, and I remember he I remember he was super upset mm -hmm. that they had gone that route with it. Uh, and I don't blame him. Definitely, definitely want to change the WWE title back to the Eagle. You wanted the one he has to get it. I mean, yeah, I, I, a lot of people say that, but it was he has like to black get it and first. white and black. Like, yeah, I'm just saying. Let's say, let's say he wants to be Roman Reigns. Huh? I'm saying, let's say if he, let's say he beats Roman at WrestleMania 40. Does is that mm -hmm. rumor true that he wants to go back to the Eagle? I mean, I think a lot of people would like to change the belts. There, no one's really publicly vocal about a W. So that's like or shit. As far as Gunter, the IC title, you made a point of does he defend it? That's a good because he did recently have a match with uh, the Bronson and yeah, Bronson um, with Champa with uh, Gable. 
Yeah, yeah but were they yeah. for, were they for the title? I think Champa was. But Ciampa was the was. Bronson no, match for the Bronson. title? Yeah, that was for the title as well. All right. Yeah. was as well. So I, I mean, mean I, I think <clears throat> I was going to say oh. when you have a match like last year against Sheamus or even this year against Sheamus and McIntyre from from WrestleMania, I think that is on its way for the IC belt to get back to its prestigiousness of what it had in Agreed. WrestleMania three or WrestleMania seven time or you know ninety ninety one when you have you know Gunther against Sheamus and Drew just pretty much having the best match of the year, you know it, it's on its way. You know. One interesting thing that, that, and it might just be my own thought process. I've always looked at mid-card title belts as a showcase title. So when you think of the Intercontinental title, you think of an opportunity to kind of reintroduce somebody that you may be possibly, hey, maybe they could be the, the, the top villain, right? Or it's just somebody that you know is responsible enough to, to be able to add in a little bit more than substantial filler, right? As far as the Intercontinental title and, and as well as the United States title, I think that who you have in the pool is great. And the reason why I state that is because if you think about everybody that Gunther has gone against, out of all those competitors, which one could you see doing as good a job or at least one peg below what he's done so far to make that belt still be great? And so far, you know, I can't, I can't say that some of the competitors he's had didn't. However, when I did watch Survivor Series with The Miz, I could definitely see an older gear Miz that we had a while back. Definitely could see him utilizing his gimmick of, you know, I'm going to win by any means necessary, right? Um, a lot of great things. So I would say, let's just say, in a different time reality, let's say he did beat Gunther last night. I wouldn't have a huge problem with him being an intercontinental champion. It wouldn't have bothered me. And so that's when I think about when I see these mid-card belts. I like to see somebody that I don't have a problem. It might not be as the top villain as Gunther, because Gunther's done something amazing. What We're talking about 500 and how many days as Pretty Intercontinental much. Champion? Uh -huh. You know, so I want to see somebody, if they can't be on par, maybe a couple of steps, or hell, even better. Because, again, that mid-card, we've seen what happens when somebody wins it because, hey, X, Y, Z – had it for too long. We had to put it on somebody, and they just they they, they do a lackluster job. Had he not been Money in the Bank, I would have liked to have seen Damian Priest go after it. Mm. Yeah, because it's all yeah. happening on Raw, and they keep claiming how Judgment Day has all the gold. They don't have all of it. They have most of it. They've got the tag belt. They've got Dom's whatever and Rhea Ripley uh, with the women's uh, you know World uh, Championship. But that would have been good on Damian Priest, and I can also see that as a viable contender. I think Damien would be a great champion right now. You know, it's kind of interesting now that I think about it, as, as you were saying that, Rob. Right now, there's almost like this secret Legion of Doom type of thing. And, and, and I'm talking about from D.C. because almost everybody has a belt is a heel, you know, pretty much. You know, and it's like they all work together because remember, you know, uh, you know, the bloodline was 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 in cahoots with the Judgment Day. So that they don't take day bells. You know, everybody's protecting their chicken over there in WWE, and these hills are working together. They got a network. Real quick on The Miz, though. I will say, and I've said it once and I'll say it again. Regardless how you feel about The Miz, The Miz has absolutely won at the game of life. You think about just life in general, his just wife. With Maurice. Yeah, with Maurice <laughs> yeah. alone. But, like, just, yeah. just as Rustin Cray, like, like, like Jesus said, never gets hurt. 
Like he's like everybody's go to. You need media guy. Yeah, I'll do it. You need rea- reality show. Yeah, I'll do it. Like or he's probably the one pushing it as well. But like in every single way, the Miz has completely won at the game of life. I have to jump on what George is saying because I I don't think we'll appreciate the Miz until after he retires and then we see his resume. Because how long has he been there? Two thousand and four. Yep. Come on. That was the million dollar tough enough that he was a runner up in. Yeah, he needs to be a commentator because he, he would be retires, so good at that. When he retires, that's when we'll really appreciate what he's done. I don't think we catch it right now. Yeah, I, I agree. Cena, Cena, and a bunch of those guys. Uh, we don't appreciate. We didn't appreciate Cena until he left for a while. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean that's that's a great point. Um, you know, one of the matches yesterday that was fascinating. It was such good storytelling for a lucha match was dragon lee versus uh, santos escobar uh george uh, you know your thoughts i know you know you've you've studied wrestling you've been in the ring you know how difficult it is to tell a good story and keep the audience into it how is it that those two it are we seeing the the evolution where those two guys three years from now are going to be near the top? 1,000%, especially Santos Escobar. Here's a guy that I first got introduced to him at a Lucha Underground when he was uh, Queen King Cuerno. And that guy was killing it back then. And just to kind of see his evolution. And back then, he was doing great storytelling as well. I'm not big on like the AAA CMLL style. It can be a little too comedic at times for the most part. You know, obviously, there's a non-comedic side to that as well. But, you know, seeing him there and seeing him involved in, in NXT for the time that he was there. And seeing like Dragon Lee, like there's a reason why Dragon Lee was only in NXT for like six months. Because that guy's awesome. So you kind of put these guys, two guys together and man, it... I want to see more like it, it. I love the fact that now you're they're kind of doing the Lucha style, but kind of doing it right. If that makes any sense. Right. They tried with the Sin Cara stuff that was maybe a little too, you know, maybe maybe too soon or you know, whatever it was. But I feel like they've mm-hmm. kind of slowly transitioned into this evolution of style of like, you know, doing Lucha and kind of showcasing it the WWE way. Yeah, we uh, well, that wasn't really lucha. It was American lucha. It was a, it's a, it's a totally different than Mexican yeah, yeah, lucha. Yeah. yeah. And then also too, um, also too, it, it helps a lot that Santos knows English, uh, yeah. which is a big, a big uh, difference in Sin Cara, uh, the original one. Sin Cara didn't want to learn English, and he didn't want to learn the American way. So that's why they kept putting him with me on the mm-hmm. dark matches and the tours, because I knew how to do lucha lucha. Uh, and not a lot of the guys, and obviously they couldn't keep putting him with Alberto because Alberto was doing main event stuff. Um, and uh, so I was one of the very few that knew actually Lucha Lucha. Um, I, uh, so so with Santos, he has an advantage that he already has uh, the gimmick behind him. Uh, he speaks English, uh, and that he knows how to do the American style. Um, you just have to get the, mach- the machine behind him. Yeah. And just just to be clear, like he speaks English, but more importantly, he's fluent in English. Because yeah. like you know, yeah. you can sit there oh, and yeah. say like, "Oh, Nakamura speaks English," or "Or Dragon Lee speaking." No, no, Santos yeah. is like very fluent in English. Mm-hmm. Like, and and that makes maybe that makes a big difference in their eyes. Would uh, would, would, would 
would Andrade still be there right now if he was like Escobar? <laughs> if he spoke English, yeah, I think so. Oh, that's why was like be Tony Montana. They even dressed up Escobar as Tony Montana. Like this is the more hokey he sounds and the more racistly Mexican he sounds. It seems like that's what they're going for. It's unfortunate to say, <laughs> but you know what's yeah. interesting though uh, <laughs> with with Santos Escobar that 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 is really interesting is he is more than one dimension. You see what mm-hmm. I'm saying? You know. Um, I was more surprised with him being this whole face coming into the main roster. Like, like, like for me, I thought that was a stretch with the LF, you know, LFO and everything, you know, LFO, LFO. Uh, you know, <laughs> I said LF, LFO, UFO. Uh, <laughs> LWO, but you know, him being a heel is amazing. And, and it's not just him being a heel in the way he knows how to do it better. If you've watched it NXT, he's able to partner with, pretty much anybody or just solo by himself to where he's captivating. He's somebody that, you know, this is the dangerous dude. This dude is calculated. This dude, unlike other people in mainstream media, if, if, if we found out he was hanging Wale from the top of a balcony, we might believe it. So, Mm -hmm. you know, at at the end of the day, he is definitely somebody who has that whole presence. And so I'm happy to see him in this type of, like I call it NXT Santos Escobar main roster going to be tearing up stuff. I'm just super excited. Speaking of intercontinental titles, wouldn't look go. bad on them. Yeah. Wouldn't look bad on them. Absolutely. He's um, on the blue brand though. Well, they've got guys though in LWO who aren't doing anything who are amazing. Walking wild mm-hmm. was incredible in TNA and they are not yes, doing was. anything with him. He's not even Spanish at all. He's Filipino. He's a Filipino. Yeah, I was telling. Yeah, I was like, telling my my fiance. Yeah, he's, like honorary, he's like honorary Latino. He spent so much time in Mexico, and he, he, he like loved lucha. He's honorary. Yeah. He's like Owen Hart in the Nation of Domination. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, Rob, I got to correct you on going, one thing. Going back to Santos. Going back to Santos, like in the topic of the IC title. So, in this is one of those cases of does he need the title or does the title need him? Because those are two different ways of looking at it. So if you build up the title and then you wanna you want you wanna build up the title, you wanna build up Gunther, and then you were like, all right, so let's pull the trigger on Santos, let's make him legit, let's go after the title. And that's how you can build him. However, exactly. if you don't have a good contender, if if Santos is not ready for that, and then you give him the title, then it's gonna devaluate the title. I know for Unless a fact he can he can do it because when he was in XT, what title did he have? And he elevated that title, and it was a shit title. He went the cruiserweight title. Cruiserweight title. Remember when he had that bad boy NXT? Uh-huh. He did something that was impossible, man. I mean, so yes, hundred percent. I'm I'm with you hundred percent. You mean he was a better champion than Leo Rush? Yes, ten times better. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> in that in that capacity. Yeah, Leo Leo wouldn't agree with that, but. Uh... <laughs> He was on Impact uh, Wrestling for like one week. <laughs> so, uh, you know, talking titles, um, one more match before the men's war games, and that was Rhea Ripley defending against Zoe Stark. Um, you know, solid match, uh, but we know, uh, I think even by the timing of mentioning it right uh, as the match was going on, and that's the fact that they're going to Perth uh, right before WrestleMania for uh, the Elimination Chamber. So 
Rhea most likely is going into Australia with the belt, right? But yeah. but even yeah. though even even though like that's that's a fact, that's who's to say that she wouldn't lose it and win it again. Even with that, I still think Zoe Stark had no chance of winning of the, this match at all. No. Yeah, that, that's the thing lately is that Rhea hasn't had she's had opponents, but not opponents that the fans believe the chance to beat her title. Um, I think the, you know, um, just how a lot of people figured out earlier this year about Roman beating certain numbers or they're beating certain numbers. I think Rhea is in that, that picture now of people saying, well, she's holding it at least to Australia, you know? So, um, so it's like, what do you do with her? You know? She, she's well, hold on. I have a question about that. Is it bad to have a swerve and have her lose her belt at an off uh, premium live event to get it back at WrestleMania and make the story that she's going to come back like the Empire Strikes Back and then be a spoiler for somebody at WrestleMania? Uh, why I would have... have to hold it uh, until WrestleMania? That's my only well, question. it's not WrestleMania for her, it's not for WrestleMania, it, it's, it's the right. February Elimination Chamber in her home country. So, um, I would, I would honestly prefer if she lost it at a house show and then she chased it to all and she got the victory there and then went on to WrestleMania where Kane won it on Sunday night at some random house show and then shows up on Monday night and has to drop it. But I'm saying one of that King of the ring. (laughs) Yeah. Sorry. Go ahead. Can I ask a question real quick? Um, what about her, what about her dropping that belt? Right, whenever, and we had talked about it a little bit earlier, and maybe this is just a little bit. Maybe I'm reaching. She'd be the fourth member of not maybe damage control, but somebody that will utilize damage control, and then you have a fourth, and then you have three small, capable women with a larger than life Rhea Ripley versus four horsewomen. I just wanted to put that out there. I know it's a reach, guys. Who would it make sense for Rhea to lose the title to today? That, that, that's a good question. Mm. It depends what he meant. SmackDown. The best challenge for what he her at SmackDown. Yeah. But she goes way, back and forth. She's, she's not going to drop until WrestleMania, anyways. If she drops, it. I, she. I don't know. I mean, I I wouldn't. Either put way, it, she's having the belt. I mean, I. I wouldn't put it past them of her dropping it before Australia and then winning it in Australia, because you got to give remember, me a name to who. They're not going to Australia more than once next year. So you have that, that, you know, celebration that she won it in her home country. You know, you you, you can only do that once in probably maybe her career. She probably only do that once. So bring it at a house show soon or or Monday Night Raw and then to Australia to win it back. I, I see that happening more than her holding it straight till WrestleMania. Um, okay, here's what she does. She's guaranteed at AEW to go to Wembley Arena where there will be 90,000 people <laughs> in attendance. Tony Khan promises these will be complete sold-out seats now, not the 15,000 giveaways, and she'll be glad to win it. Hey, is it okay if I can answer uh, Charmaine? She keeps saying um, Jade and Rhea. I'm going to take what Triple H basically said in the press conference <laughs> after Survivor Series with regards to uh, Jay Cargill. And, and this is something that I think a lot of people understand. It's not about whether she's not ready or not. 
Triple H basically said, I want to make sure that any, anything that gets pitched, she can handle it. She's definitely capable of it. She definitely has the look and the feel of what it takes. But they want to make sure she has the best possible opportunity. And right now, it doesn't seem like that time frame is right now. It, it, it's, in, it's in her best interest to go to the learning tree at NXT, get everything that you can, take what you've learned. And Triple H even said, not anything gets hurt. It's just that's not what AEW is known for. They, they just don't. They, they don't have a learning tree like that. They do the best of what they can. Uh, but WWE has that. I want to say this about Jade Cargill, and I've said this earlier in other shows. They already did the smart thing by introducing the audiences mm -hmm. to her by having her go up to Charlotte Flair and Charlotte Flair acknowledging her, and they did it again with Becky Lynch. You don't need NXT for her. She doesn't have ring rush. She doesn't have. She's not very sloppy in the ring. She's got good mic skills. I don't want to see her die on the vine at NXT, like they've done with other talent that have that were prominent in other promotions, and then they never leave NXT. They they get stuck in the nursery center. It, it's Wait. that's a problem with her. Put her out uh, there. Put her on Monday Night Raw. What if she's like Dragon Lee? Flooded. Raw well, is exactly, empty. exactly like she, Jade. Honestly, needs NXT. Like yes. there, there, there's whether she goes or not, that's still to be debated. But she honestly needs NXT. Oh, uh, so, uh, you saw I'm Hunter's comment. I'm buddy. You, know, on this you one. saw Hunter's comments this weekend, and I mean, it, it said a lot. Um, so, uh, who what they would do sometimes is that they would put him on the on the house shows. Uh, as they're training, basically, mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. yeah. kind of kept her off TV match wise for a while, and then maybe just to have her do a promo or some shit, just to kind of keep her fresh, uh, and then put her because on the live event. I like Charmaine. Yeah, there's actually a lot. Wrong. There's a lot for Jade to do in NXT. There's a whole lot. You have Roxanne. You have Tiffany Stratton. You got Lash Legend. You know, mm -hmm. there there's a lot for her to do in NXT. You know, and a Dragon Lee thing where she's only there for three months. You know, I'm not saying she has to go there the whole time, but I, I think it's but historically be what happens a lot of times in NXT, more often than not, from what I've seen, is that they build up a character on NXT, and then by the time they get to the big roster, they abandon all of the work that they did in NXT, either the name or the persona, or they do that over and over and over again. They Bro, made. Rob. I mean, it's what they do. They love to do but, it. I do have to. You're, you're, I, I, you're, I, I do have the premises. Back to the Vince McMahon era of yeah. WWE. Yeah. You know, I'm gonna be straight honest with you. Everyone at NXT, Vince has never been to the Performance Center, right. so he didn't know what was going on there. There's so many people on the main roster in creative that never knew what was going on at NXT. They never watched the weekly TV. They watched oh, wow. the takeovers. So when they were presented with someone and said hey this is who this you know we're, we're calling them up they had to figure out what to do and how to repackage them because they had no clue they couldn't watch you know nxt um so but that's kind of the point though if they don't even think the product is worthwhile they they package nxt as almost it's, it's not that the, it's thing. not that they don't think the product's worthwhile it's just that when you're on the creative on the main roster you probably don't have time to think uh, when it was under vince mcmahon's you know, regime, you didn't have time because you probably went to bed at 8 p.m. thinking you have a 7 a.m. meeting 
And then Vince wakes up at 2 a.m. after he came from the gym. It's like the meeting's at 2.15. And you're up and you're just like, fuck it, you know. And, and okay, that's, so that's not, my point that's not being sarcastic. That that's chance. shit that has actually happened. I know people who have done that shit where they're up at 2.15 having a fucking production meeting over shit. But if you look, Hunter knows what works for NXT. And if you look at TV the past month or so, he's bringing that back. He's bringing back Pete Dunn. He brought back. I'm not arguing that he's done a a bad job at NXT. I think he's done an excellent job. But again, you're justifying my point, which is great. She could be great there. But she can also be great right now on Raw where they have a vacuum of people to challenge Rhea Ripley that look credible. And you've already introduced her to national audiences. Now you're going to put her down with the kids. She now she she could be great. I'm, it's not being down with the kids because her last appearance on WWE television was at NXT Halloween Havoc. That was yeah, her I last appearance. They put, I, but they put her out everywhere. They put her out everywhere within the course of that month and a half. Yeah, but and her very last appearance was on NXT. So you know she's like if 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 Hunter felt that she was ready for WWE television, she'd be on WWE TV right now. But she's not. Her match is she's in, trying in, to put over his program. He's because he has a he has a soft spot for NXT. He's trying to pack NXT. I don't blame him. Hunter hasn't been in NXT for over a year and a half. He hasn't been to Orlando. He hasn't. He doesn't go to the takeovers. It's all Sean, you know. And you know, it's 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 a different it's it's different life now. It's a different world. Trust me, I'm in NXT. Go ahead. If if I could just interject real quick, fellas. The one thing that reason why I did bring that up, what Triple H was saying is, in the way I looked at it, was first and foremost, if you buy a, um, let's just say, if I buy a Tesla, okay, I'm not going to just let it sit in my garage, okay? I'm just, I'm not. Jay Cargill was an acquisition of a talent with tremendous, tremendous upside, Okay. Now, the thing with upside is upside is a very strong probability you can make them successful. Okay. now the thing is, I'm not debating and I think a lot of people agree too that she's not she she, she lacks talent. No, I don't think she lacks talent. I think she does have it. I think what they're doing right now is they're trying to find the best way to launch her, put her in a position to where you can focus on her, make her malleable so that everybody who didn't watch AEW, because remember, that's a large population of diehard WWE people that don't watch AEW, know who she is, know what she's about, and then put her through the great machine that is WWE and make her what she's destined to be, a star. Because you don't have someone like Jay Cargill. Trust me, my, my fiance watches Wrestling Sparsely and looked at Jay Cargill and said, who is she? She must be somebody. Do you see my point? That's so right. again, I, I'm telling you, D- that's what Triple H. I feel he uh, he was saying we're gonna find no the Triple best H. Was, way that, that, so that no, way he was, he's red. Yeah, he was saying that, but at the same time, he's they're training her to handle pro wrestling as a sports entertainer. They're oh, yeah. training her to say, "Hey, if shit happens in the ring, this is what you got to do." You know, if someone gets knocked out, or if someone you know if if people lose, forget what they're doing. You can't just stumble around and and and, and you know look what you the, the shit that that's happened in AEW. Um, they're they're teaching her the the qualities of television sports entertainment. Um, 
the Triple H comment was very invested. interesting because I know he was trying to knock EW, but in reality, it was almost like inadvertently he was knocking the Nightmare Factory. I find interesting because that's Cody's baby. Because Jade, mm -hmm. that's where she trained. So I know he was trying to be, but she was actually training at the Nightmare Factory. You know, it, it almost came off, you know, he was saying that she's not ready. And it was like, well, she trained it. If, if you want to put her out, and let's say you tried to put her with Rob Stone, uh, Robbie, formerly Robbie E. Or you want to have, like mm -hmm. and make another Mark Sterling thing, and if that's what you're trying to do is find somebody who could be her mouthpiece, mm -hmm. to be her Paul Heyman, and you're saying, ah, we're waiting. Whether or not you put her on NXT isn't even the point. You're kind of dragging your heels getting her out there, and you already made the point to introduce her to the world mm -hmm. and push her over on social media hard. And I still have not seen her gear up yet, so I get it. You guys pushed really hard to to, to make people aware of her. And if your casual person does not tune into NXT, you've wasted her. If you put her on NXT, you are wasting her because she's not going to How be How are seen. they wasting her when NXT, NXT just... NXT just signed a TV deal to go from cable to network yeah. television. I could care less like, what NXT can shoot a rock Mars. I'm not watching it. It's, going I'm going to NXT, NXT is not wasting her. NXT is right now almost on the verge of beating AEW in demos and ratings. Like, that's... That's not racist. And, it, and it's not I mean, outrageous. If you to don't say care, that that's fine. You're, you're one of, of 800,000 that, that doesn't care. But I can tell you right now, the plan is for her to go to NXT. That's just that's flat out. That's a flat and it could out be waste. a waste. But you know, I mean, they said that about Keith Lee. They said that about Adam Cole. <laughs> they said that about Kyle O'Reilly and Bobby Fish. Anyone who was ROH fan was like, why are these motherfuckers going through NXT? You know, and they didn't so, let, and they didn't get to that main roster. They made Keith Lee the Bearcat. They didn't know what to do with them. They wasted yeah, all but, of those guys that you mentioned. They never made it past the little Golden Gate of NXT. Yeah, well, okay, but, Rob, but, Rob, Rob, you're, Rob, you're 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 comparing what they did and didn't do based on the Vince and it's not about the wrestlers. I don't think it's anything to do with the wrestlers. I think they were talented. I think they were great. I think they they. I mean, Adam Cole made NXT great, but then they squandered him. You can't say but they Rob, didn't. Rob, stop living three years ago. Live in the present. Let the product develop and watch the product. The fact of the matter is, is that you're talking about Keith Lee. AEW is doing a fucking fantastic job with him. Doing way better with him. Yeah. I'm, <laughs> and I'm not arguing that they haven't found a vehicle for him either over there. But Adam Cole did well at, at, at AEW. He hit the ground running on. He did well on NXT as well. well he did. <laughs> yeah, he did. That. Yeah, and 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 who is Adam Cole's wife? So that's why he's prominent in AEW. I mean, can if I, we're going to pick a, if we're going to pick an NXT to to AEW name, there's it Swerve. Yeah. Oh, so you know, Swerve, that is someone Swerve who is, has done amazing in AEW. Oh my god. Yeah, that's someone who's who's actually jumped better than his NXT run. So 100%. without any politics, without dating anyone, without anything at all, you know, it, it, it was it was it swerved. So, uh, but apart from the injuries, would I say would you say that Adam Cole has had a bad run at AEW? No, more bad luck. 
Yeah, <laughs> he had to run a bad luck. I, I think he's been fine when he's when he when he's been active. But can I tell you what Triple H? What I think Triple H meant, especially considering who was the person that asked the question about Jade mm -hmm. Cargo at the press conference. He, you know, mm -hmm. whatever. He, he doesn't have the best reputation. Obviously, a lot of these guys just want the clickbaits, and uh, it feels like a lot of the narrative on you know the, the Twitter, the the people, Nick Hausman. The people oh, whose okay. uh, opinion don't really matter, you know, on Twitter. It's the oh, you guys signed Jade Cargo. He, they have She hasn't been on TV yet, you know. I looked at a Triple H as, as saying she's not gonna show. She's not gonna be on TV when you guys say so. She's gonna be on TV when we say so. Like you guys aren't going to dictate when how how we use our talent that we're mm -hmm. paying for. So mm -hmm. it's just as simple as like. You know, when when we find the right right uh, fit for her, whether it's NXT, Raw, or SmackDown, uh, and at the end of the day, whether she goes to NXT, it's not going to uh, no Raw and SmackDown are not going to suffer from Jade Cargill going to NXT. Also, Jade Cargill is not going to suffer by going to NXT nope. instead of Raw or SmackDown. Like, like people are still going to flourish, however, they are meant to flourish. It's a it's a win win situation for Jade Cargill whether she goes to NXT. Or she goes to Raw or SmackDown. I actually would agree with Travis um, on this about her going to NXT if they didn't do the segment with her as Charlotte Flair. To me, I thought that was a big deal to throw that out there and Charlotte, you know, acknowledged her a little bit and kind of brushed past her. There's a reason why they do that. There's six steps. Okay, but and Becky Lynch. Thing. But okay, hold on, but let, Becky, but, let, okay, let me ask you a question. It, hold on, hold on. I'm just going to say one comment. Just one comment. Becky Lynch one, one, one went one down comment. to NXT and won the title. So in the same fucking week. So it doesn't matter just in the yeah, backstage. Because let's be honest. Jade Cargill and Charlotte Flair is a great match. But let's fucking be honest. What's the match everyone wants to see? Her and that she, the, the person she mm -hmm. didn't pass yet. It's Bianca. Jade and Bianca. Okay. And so let me, let, me, let me hit you with this. Okay, if she walks past Charlotte, Stephanie, Linda, whoever, the match everyone wants to see is, is Jade and Bianca. And that's just and let me hit you, you know, and like I said, wanna, I said, I want to see me, Jade versus Lash Legend. Let me let me hit you with this. They and, and NXT, and thank you very much. <laughs> they want to see her and Bianca. Bianca's not on Smack or NXT. But here's the thing, guys. You guys are you, you guys are leaving one thing out, or maybe you just hadn't had a chance to yet, but NXT and the way it's run is different now. You have cameos upon cameos upon cameos, and that's designed that way for numbers. They just had a new television thing to where now they're on a different channel. So, of course, you're going to want to sprinkle a little bit of uh, main roster on there to get more viewers to tune in. And, yes, you want to create that excitement of, hey, remember, remember when Charlotte's coming into NXT? For this upcoming pay-per-view, oh my gosh! Do you remember whenever she passed Jade Cargill? They want you to do that. This is this is the system, y'all. It's all let about me, the let me. Let me. Uh, let me. Uh, and you said like they just brought in Lexus King, and he was rough around the edges at AEW. He wasn't hitting spots. He wasn't very charismatic. So him going to NXT, looked at I went, okay, I watched his first match, and I was like, this is better. He needs to grow as a character. He needs to grow in the ring. He needs to be polished. No problem with that. Not for her. Okay. So uh, we, we talked that <laughs> to death. Um, yeah, we did. So let's... Uh, let's look Not like there's talented guys. girls in, in, in AEW anyway. <laughs> uh, my girl, uh, Athena. My girl, Athena. Come on. 
She's in. She's in ROH. Like I said, I said, I mean, they're blowing dust off It's not all the same because Athena is not on TV. Tony's Tony's baby is Britt, and who he wants to be Britt's opponent, Britt doesn't go get along with. So there's no one. Britt's feeling cavities right now in Florida. What'd you say? What'd you say? What'd you say, Michaels? What did you say? You were saying. Uh, so you know what we're uh, we're getting to that point of uh, the main event, the men's war games. Um, Ricardo, when you look at the um, you know the, the two teams that they had, uh, obviously Randy came back. Um, how much more of a boost? Does that give uh, the energy to that crowd when they're waiting for CM Punk, obviously, because it's Chicago? But here comes Randy Orton, who hasn't been seen, you know, for almost, what, a year and a half or whatever the hell it's been. It's been forever. Um, does Randy just up that game? Kind of like, you know, when Cena comes in. It just kind of goes up. That level goes up. Is is Randy coming back now, bringing it back up again? I think, uh, well, obviously, Randy has that star power. And then kind of going back into the topic of, like, you don't realize what you have until they're gone. So I think Randy was a big part of that concept, of that idea. I didn't appreciate Randy too much. As a, and he had to go away for a little bit to get reappreciated. Uh, I Obviously, we all expected Punk. Um but without knowing that Punk was coming back, quote unquote, uh, I think Randy was a good supplement to kind of uh, put in that extra umph into the match. Uh, right. Yeah. So I mean, yeah. I mean, obviously, I, I do feel a little bit bad though for for Randy and the and the idea that yes. obviously Punk took away Punk took away the the thunder. Um. So uh, I'm, I'm sure Randy would have preferred had it just been him um but yeah he definitely took the thunder away from 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 uh from randy well punk yeah punk took the away from randy but but i mean it was a great way to end the night um i don't think it, there were any bad matches throughout the night uh did, but giving did he really take the, the thunder away? away i gotta um, i gotta jump on that did he really take the thunder away yeah I think so because I mean at the end of the night they weren't really talking about Randy. I mean they were talking about how Jackie was. They were talking about how Jackie was. He's on that Carlito diet. You know what it's like when uh, CM Punk took his thunder. Remember when Farrah Fawcett died? Like yes, it was the same day that Michael Jackson. Sorry, I just ruined it. Farrah Fawcett died around nine o'clock. Mm-hmm. And it was sad. I was talking about it. Michael Jackson well, it was died. In the morning. At, Michael Jackson died at three p.m. Nobody talked about Farrah Fawcett. Yep, 100%. the bigger mm-hmm. star mm-hmm. came through, and that's what happened to Randy. Unfortunately, it was just CM Punk came out, and he and also nobody... looked like fifteen years younger than he did on AEW. The haircut, the way they 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 put him out there, he looked way. It younger. just and I looked and I just I felt so bad for Randy. It was just like, what are you gonna do? It's in Chicago. Point. Like, I don't feel bad when, for like, Randy. Oh, I don't I mean, feel I don't bad feel for bad Randy. Randy. But I mean, like, because Randy, it, it, I, mean, I mean, damn. Well, fuck. Look at him. I, Look at his wife. Well, Look at well, his well, n- like, not even just those things. Not even just those things. 
But I was saying I don't feel bad for Randy because look at the injury that he overcame. Yeah. There was a lot of talk that he was probably going to have to hang it up begrudgingly. And he the was fact so smooth that, in the ring, though, yesterday. I couldn't oh, he, tell where they operated on him, if they even did. And it's interesting that you say that because that was the first thing I looked at because a lot of the reports that were coming out on Randy Orton after he had, the, I think it was the double fusion back surgery, yeah. that he was going to have to change his style around. He was going to have to be a little bit more stiff. He wasn't going to be able to do the power slam as crisp as he did. Got, got dog on it. That power slam was crisp, and he it delivered looked, it twice. It looked great. You know, True, but years. at the same time, he didn't take any bumps. He did so. I, I can't that. judge. He took the I can't judge. Bump. I can't judge Randy's return based on the guy not taking bumps. I'm not taking anything away from Randy because you guys feel that something was taken away from him on Saturday, and I don't want to take anything from him again on a <laughs> Sunday. Um, but it's like they've already announced Randy and, and Punk on Raw tomorrow. We all know yeah. one's going to be in different hours. You know, it's not like they're going to be in the same hour. Their own hour to, you know, do, do what, whatever. Um, I think, uh, you know, it was like the match ended. And the show was over. And then here you get 90 seconds of Punk and then the show's gone. So it's, I, I, I don't think anything was taken. Because it wasn't like the Batista thing. Where he returned and got booed when he was supposed to get cheered. You know, he easily could have gotten booed in Chicago because the fans were expecting punk and, and so on. But the fans went completely fucking nuts for Randy Orton. And, you know, he's, I, I, he's good. But those CM Punk yeah. chants drowned out everything else. You immediately yeah. forgot about Randy. Randy became yeah. part of, of a match. They will. I mean, CM it, Punk it, became the whole night. Was yeah, of course. I mean, CM Punk, punk is the show. I mean, CM like Punk was trending about, about the, Randy Orton. But you, can you we also about the show itself, though? Where did this like, happen, you didn't forget guys? about Randy where, Orton. You Chicago. forgot about the show. Well, hold on. You where did it happen? Where did it happen? Huh? Where did Chicago. it happen? In okay. the United now, States of America. This, okay. If this didn't happen in Chicago, I'm not stating people wouldn't have shouted CM Punk. But it no, they wouldn't. As, if, as deafening if, if Survivor Series in Chicago. If Survivor Series was in a different city than Chicago, CM Punk was not coming back last night. You wouldn't have come back. Well, of course not. Yeah. We already know. Of course. We already know. It's like, Hold on. Can we course. get a death counter on CM Punk before he fucks up and gets fired again? How we, How He's... many months are we talking? Hold on. Allow me because to you got to understand. WWE has a front office called Endeavor, and Endeavor is not going to deal with that bullshit. Also, Punk is smart enough to know he's not going to throw a punch to anyone back there because they'll kick his ass. You know, I'll walk into AEW right now and bitch slap Jungle Boy. So it's like, you know, I mean, he, he did. Jungle did you Boy's see in a punk? hole in the desert. I did you like see Punk? Did, did Punk go to, to, to Hook? Did Punk go up to Jack Swagger? No. You know, you think it's Hook, like. You think Hook can take CM Punk? No, but his daddy can. <laughs> do, I think, do I think Hook can take CM Punk? Yeah. I, I, I'll answer that question off air. <laughs> you know, so, uh, so quick, guys, uh, it's it's I'm on the East Coast time and it's getting a little late on this end, so I gotta head home. But uh, thank you guys for the chat. I gotta call it a night. Uh, I gotta be up early. But uh, cool. Van eyes for life. Van eyes for life. Van eyes for life. Thank you, Ricardo. Thank you, Ricardo. Hey, I wanted to just say this real quick because a lot of people have been talking about. Well, not a lot of people, but I've seen some. 
some some stuff on social media like ah you know CM Punk was already in AEW he's in WWE what's the difference yada 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 why are people so excited about cheering him you know I'm gonna give my example that I said in my head and I explained it yesterday to a friend I said you know when CM Punk went to AEW yeah it, it, it was good it was great you know we we're able to see him again but I I, I kind of put that in the same category as a, a movie that y'all may well know you know the franchise Ghostbusters right so Ghostbusters had a movie in 2016 that came out great movie it was good right Melissa McCarthy, Kristen Wiig, Kate McKinnon, Leslie Jones. It was it was watchable, and I watched it a couple of times with the kids. We had a I moment, right? It was good, right? It right. was good, but it didn't just it didn't really quite quite capture Ghostbusters. Now, later on, 2021, Afterlife. Y'all have to admit, as far as Ghostbusters, that hit on all cylinders. It was good. I cried. I cried. Me too. Got, you know what's too. funny? Hold on. I, I said Hold on. Let me finish. That was yeah. <laughs> Let me finish, and I'm gonna pass it over if it's, if it's okay to to to, to my man who, who's about to say it, Mr. Mr. Hamosa. Travis wants but, to get back to watching the best of I know he does, but check this out. How many of y'all felt the same way I did when I saw CM Funk come out? It just hit different. It really did than, than, than the AEW. I don't know what the boy's going to do on Raw. I don't know what he's going to do with his multi-year contract he said he signed, right? I just know that it felt better, just like the Ghostbusters Afterlife. It just felt Let me ask you more a question. connected. Let me ask you a question. Did it feel better, or did it feel like this fucking company took another one of their players? All of the what? above. Yeah, the above. In every way. In, 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 in every way. Like, like, like they can deal with punk a hell of a lot better than maybe AEW. And I've been very, I've give, shared my criticism on AEW and where they lack a lot of that is personnel dealing with a lot of Trying large personalities and stuff like that. I'm telling you, as Travis said earlier, you're not doing that with Endeavor. Punk knows how far he can take it and he ain't going to be able to take it here. And he's going to be happy because there's one thing that punk will get that a lot of people in AEW who jump ship may not get. And that's one thing that no other company has that in pro wrestling, a distinguished keyword, distinguished Hall of Fame. And you know, what, and in all fairness to CM Punk, how everybody talks about how he is backstage, maybe they're just really immature at AEW. Wait, and maybe but the no, started. no, no. That's like I said. Look at who he had an issue with. That's what I'm saying. Do they are those people mature at all? Yeah, but Let's he also honest, should know, hey, I'm, I'm getting antagonized by a kid. I'm just going to go the other way because I have more to lose than Jungle Boy Jack Perry. So Did why he have should more he to even... Well, he didn't I have more know. to lose. He couldn't have done that with Randy Orton, though. He couldn't have done that with Randy Orton. Randy also wouldn't be immature to do that. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Randy wouldn't be immature to do that in the first place. That's what I'm saying about AEW. Just right. real quick, real quick, because I know we're going to talk a little bit more about CM Punk. Just going back to what, what Roma's saying, I felt the same way when Hogan came back in 2014. Because just like six months before, he was in TNA. And I'm like, why does this feel like it's – why does this feel just different and better when Hogan came back to WWE in, in 2014? It, I don't know if it was whether it's real American, uh, but it was just something and just it's just something about WWE that's so intangible that just feels like people just come home, right? What happened well, when Cody came back and then happened when CM Punk came back? I'll tell you, I, I know, I know, I know you got to wrap up, Mike. I, I'll tell you what it is, uh, Matt. I'll tell you what it is. It's the production of WWE. It's oh. not just the person walking through the, the, the curtain. It's the 
the videotrons. It's the lights. It's the roar of the crowd. The production makes it so much fucking better. That's the Allstate Arena, formerly the Rosemont Horizon. When the Odin company still runs, they ran WrestleMania 2 there. They made that fucking arena yeah. look like a stadium the past two nights. It's the production can, can of I, WWE, and, and, and that's what... But, that, you know, but they were smart cannot, to their spot with CM Punk. Everything they did was perfectly timed. AEW cannot touch that. Adventure. It's the production, and that's all it comes down to is the production. Um, Agreed. We talked about war games. We talked about war, war games matches. I, there's one thing I need to bring out about both war games matches. I think the biggest pop of the night in both matches was the fucking table. These fans right now in WWE love table spots. They, the, I, I never liked them. I love the thing where where who was Oscar kept bringing out the Kindle sticks and they were booing her, uh, and she bold. got the table and she was the biggest. She got the third biggest pop of the night for bringing out a table. Yeah. and you know, and I mean the men's war games, which is what we're talking about. I thought that was classic, and I was like, wow, he put Seth through the table and they're about to fucking cash in the, the money in the bank in a fucking war games match like that. It was the, just the timing, the pacing, everything was perfect. We got Orton coming out. They won the match. JD off the top row, off the top of the cage until RKO. You know, shout I guess they out, needed... shout out to JD for taking that. For yeah, real. I mean, if you look shout at how out. he took no, that, he Travis, took that on the men's war game. You were one hundred percent right. The pacing on that was so good. The camera work was so good on that. The women, not that they didn't do a good job, but who was ever producing that match and doing the camera work on the women's match. There were great spots for about 30 seconds where the women are doing nothing and are looking to Becky for guidance. And I'm guy, you guys are doing the women a disservice because you're slopping it up with the way you were going through all the shots. Uh, horrible work on the women's. On the men, they oh, wow. fixed it. I just, I think, I think the men's one needed a little bit more blood and guts. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I think they were trying to go for two different. Rob, your question. I think they were trying to go for two different type of style. At least that's what I what I witnessed. Two different styles, same type of match. And even though the contestants, one was female, one was male, I felt like it was two different ways of shooting it a little bit. And I think it might have been intended. I could be wrong. I think it was an accident, but there were a lot of times when you look and they're all confused. There's one spot where uh, Shotzi is trying to direct traffic and, yeah. and, and do an elbow or something, and then Bailey's not in position. So they literally have the camera watching Bailey scooch into position. I'm like, again, the shirt. That's what I'm, I'm like, ah, oh, come on. All you right. guys are better than this. So John made a good point here. Punk looked like he forgot what it was to see fans <laughs> on the hard cam side again. <laughs> <laughs> so that's that's uh, that's a question i have um and i i've had this question for the longest time and that is did punk ultimately play tony khan to his advantage and basically work himself to get fired so he could you know he already raised his you'll his find value. out tomorrow He'll do call him remember, out tomorrow. Do you remember what happened about, what, a month or two before he got fired? Last time WWE was in Chicago? He was there. Yeah, he was there, making good on promises and, and mm -hmm. saying I apologize and hugging it out with Triple H. and Oh, yeah. He, he wanted catering. He Come on, dude. The catering is tremendous. He was there for the catering. Hey, man, catering, catering is where you ask for forgiveness yeah. and you hug. Shout out to I, Tamina for making it happen. 
failure, God. Mm-hmm. I go. gotta ask you guys this. I had to ask, and it might just be me. But when the copyright popped up on the screen, did you think the pay per view was over? Because yeah, of course, everyone did. I, yeah, I was like, I was like, oh, okay, no, see a puck. Yeah, and everyone did. Happened, and then what happened? Even me being a worker, a grown man, his music hit. I jumped. But, but that's a, but that's it a Triple me. H staple, though. Me. Don't you know the, the, a Triple H staple? Yeah, that Triple H really has good. always done that, and he, and he gets this every single time because we forget yeah, that he does it. Like Team Force America. You ever see Team Force America where the guy comes back tomorrow? He's going to come out and Triple H is going to go, you can trust him. He sucks my dick. <laughs> so uh, Andre Andre makes a, a wonderful statement here. The fact that the elite wouldn't do an angle with Punk lets you know that the leadership within AEW is lacking. Like they always say in football, you have to be a leader of men, and Tony isn't. AEW missed their biggest opportunity. Guys, I'm not going to say money. nothing. I'm not going to say nothing. I've already said it months and months and years, and you can go back and watch those those videos. Exactly what that's I a said. whole different that's show. Yeah, that's that's beyond show. the work he did with MJF, it was like he hit a wall and he couldn't go any further, and that was on him or on Tony. I don't know, but yeah, that was bad. All right, guys. So, uh, Will Osprey though. <laughs> Which he's already there anyway. It's kind of like, okay, yeah, you've been wrestling here. That was it's weird. Like, we're we're signing a guy that roster. already works for us. He's on and this, he's listed next on week, the DNA roster. So. And he's still going to be able to wrestle like in New Japan and everything else. It's the same thing, but in reverse. So, so you know, they tried to counterbalance this with the uh, – the Twitter post about how Tony has signed Jay White and Will Ospreay and whoever the hell else, uh, you know, was signed with an edge and a, a bushy, right? Um, listen, and I just said it, edge. I'm not a fan of either edge or, uh, or CM Punk. Um, but, when you look at the two debuting as surprises, quote unquote, at AEW, at WWE, <laughs> fuck Adam Copeland, I agree. Um, so what was the difference between the fact that Edge showed up and really has done shit? Punk shows up, and within that, what, five minutes, it just seemed like you had a fucking superstar come in. Whereas Edge, who is supposed to be the rated R superstar, it was just like, yeah, all right, he's here. But I go back and say that that's the part where it's all about the production. You know, Edge came out. Sure, he got a remix of of his song. He got some type of pyro, you know, I think it was a mix of the Becky Lynch smoke and the Gilbert uh, sparklers, but oh my God. it's, it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's the, the production of WWE. And this is something I admit today that I watched over maybe five, six times. Watch the moment when punk's music hit, but watch mm-hmm. section of the arena. And just see how the fans react. And then go back and watch the actual production. 
watch the lights see how the lights move how fast the lights move see what the the led screens at ringside are doing see what the 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 big video uh tron in the middle of the arena above the ring swing that's what makes wwe untouchable well that's smart because no Uh, one can touch that and Watch that when Punk comes out, and you, you'll, you'll see a different version of, of what happened last night when you look at the fans, and you'll see another version when you look at the production aspect. And that's something you realize that Tony cannot touch at all. You know, when, they, when Triple they pulled- H did something stupid with Dominic, though, he goes, Wow, I thought they were really phoning in those boos. This is real. And I'm kind of like, Yeah, don't, don't screw with the kayfabe too much. Because I already know that you dick around with the freaking volume on booing crowds, and then you pan through the audience and no one's booing or cheering, but there's boos coming out in freaking stereo. How is this possible if you guys aren't phoning it in? Uh, if they did that with CM Punk to try to build the value for him and boost him, it was smart. You got me. I'm a mark. Oh, you they got didn't. me. No, no, they didn't. They didn't have to because Ooh, you, Chicago. you guys do. Yeah, Come you on. do realize. Come on, he's a patron saint of Chicago. Oh, you know what? You know what? Though it doesn't. It doesn't even have to be in Chicago. He's been gone for almost ten years. From WWE. Pop oh, you know those idiots in the crowd are going to go. You still got it. You know he's going to get a still got a chance for him being gone for ten years. He would have got that pop from any place for that pop. But but let's face it, the guy, the guy made within the last three years three re-debuts in Chicago. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they loved it. Every one of them. But you know why? But you want to know why Phil is able to do what he does? Because if you <laughs> well, other than that part. I think it's because when you look at certain people in this business, there are people who have to where they, they they can adjust their levels. Some have the level on the mic, right? We talked about Miz earlier. Miz is somebody that can go on the mic. Miz is somebody that can go on social media and hype up his own goddamn match, right? CM Punk has that ability as well. Now, we haven't been able to see that showcase as much in AEW for whatever reason that is. But we all keep remembering nostalgia, pipe bomb. Someone that's like that, you know you can get a bang for your buck, even if we're going to get Phil Brooks that was in AEW, and, you know, the matches weren't as amazing as possible, but you still have somebody that can talk on a mic, someone that can fill in that character, click that box, be entertained. Triple H said in the press conference, he is the conversation. People talk about him, and they capitalize on that, obviously in Chicago, duh, but also, too, come Monday night, night, where's Raw going to be tomorrow, Travis? You're going to be Nashville. there, right? You're going to be in Nashville? You're probably there now. I'm sitting in the fucking airport parking lot right I now. I kind of figured. I kind of figured. Okay. All I know is I want okay. to adopt so we're gonna find out. the ramp because he gave a kid his Jordan 85s, which are like $800 a pair, took them off and handed them to a kid. Uh, I'm going to stand on my sit on my knees and like just bounce up and down. Hopefully, he'll have an expensive pair of J's on and give them to me. And you'd, and you'd look like a kid with cancer, too, Rob. Oh, wow. It all You might see Connor's – what did they call that? Connor's Five. cure? Connor's <laughs> yeah, cure. Please. There, hey, there's five ball guys Look, I'm dying of cancer. Here. Give me your J's. <laughs> we got five ball guys in here. We should all <laughs> sign up. Yeah, but I'm <laughs> half black, and I'm this white, so <laughs> – I think George hey, is the only one who has it. Hey hero. man, you guys, you guys all got you like, just a look black like logic background. with glasses, man. You just like logic with glasses. Logic, shout <laughs> out to logic. Half black, half white. Uh, Travis, right. yes, I gotta ask Travis this: Is uh, 
TLC in December still? No. No, the, the next pay-per-view is not till Royal Rumble. There are nine weeks. This is the first time ever. There's nine weeks in between WWE pay-per-views. Wow. Okay. Wow. I was thinking since back in the day. What we were talking about, Randy Orton getting his thunder stolen. What if Randy RKO CM Punk tomorrow? Oh, that would be amazing. That I wouldn't have put them in the you, same segment. And we together. know who he's feuding with. We know who I he's know, feuding know, but that's why I asked you about the TLC. suspension of belief, though. That is that like it would have been perfect? Like I never I think Rand- at CM Punk as a threat Scooter. in the ring. He looks squishy. He always looks squishy I, I th- in the ring. I think Randy should come out on his. Is that going to be the Mania Day One main event? Rollins versus Seth versus CM Punk. Oh yeah, that's what that's what is, they're trying. Is, is Punk yeah. going to win the Rumble? No. Mm-mm. Really? I think I think what's going to happen. I think I think Gunter is. Event, I think. I think CM Punk is going to go over on Rollins, and then Damian Priest is going to cash it in. That's I think what I'm Punk. Thinking. I think Punk wins the Rumble, faces Seth at Mania, and then. You, what you said, Priest go, uh, goes over. No, I, I, I'm going I, with think, I think the way he gets distracted, I think the way he gets distracted by Damian Priest is Seth Rollins low blows him, curb stomps him, and then then Damian Priest comes out and finishes it. Well, I think we already know that that Damian's going to be cashing in that briefcase because they made sure we knew last night the briefcase was not effectively cashed in. And I think that was the longest we've seen an attempt from Rhea in beholds for Damian Priest. I think that's the longest duration we've seen. So they made sure that we knew that was not an official cash. And I, for obvious reasons, but also, too, I think to say it's coming. I, I think Damian is going to be your WrestleMania spoiler. He's going to go and win the Royal Rumble and make it the whole way, and then he's going to do the shuffle with the The belt. ruffle shuffle. The ruffle, the ruffle shuffle. shuffle. You got, does anybody think Cody's going back-to-back? Yes. I, I, I think Damien should, should spend all of Monday Night Raw tomorrow looking for the audio guy. If it wasn't for the audio guy pressing Randy Orton's music, Damien could have cashed in that fucking money in the bank. And what a brilliant <laughs> strategy to cash it in in the middle of that match. Mm-hmm. That's what I, I said. Like, oh, that's different. That we talked about this awesome. 10 minutes ago. Yeah. The well, only person you watching LeBron totally highlights? That. We yes, talked Seth. about this already. <clears throat> so, so really quick, uh, Jade brought up a point here. Don't forget, Miz has already uh, did that, kept himself memorable from WWE to Dancing with Stars, to his own reality series. You know, the question I have is uh, with this signing, are we getting. Uh, Phil to branch out and do other things is is that part of this deal that he's going to get you know some kind of you know uh, opportunities whether it be on television reality show something like that is he is he boosting his brand now to the next level of trying to be like a Cena like a rock I think so but you know you got to realize, like I said, everything goes, everything's different now. There's a parent company now that has right. so much, you know, so much uh, power when it comes to entertainment so and sports. So they have so many connections. It's not just Phil Brooks. It's Zelina Vega. It's New mm-hmm. Day. It's, I mean, look at LA Knight. Got a sponsorship with Slim Jim. You know, so everyone now can just branch out because of who 
you know, it's the parent company. A lot of people don't realize Endeavor are the agents for Jade. You know, yeah. there's there's so many things and so many ways people can branch out. Who do I see on Dancing with the Stars if that was to ever happen? Bianca or Montez Ford. You know, I could see either one of them what about on, Big on the e? show. What, what's it's, happening with Big E? I know it's a little off subject, but you brought up the New Day. And we kind of dance. I mean, from what I understand, Biggie's back. career is is pretty much likely over. Um, he's been Biggie was just on the uh, college football game uh, this past weekend on Fox, mm-hmm. uh, or was it NBC? Um, so you know, he's 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 doing a lot, and I honestly see Biggie coming back to do commentary. But the one thing I want to mention before we all leave about CM Punk, I think this is officially the return of AJ Lee in the Royal Rumble. That's which is thinking. great, which is super, super, that. super, super great. 100%. Now, there's George with his, his, his picture. The crowd will go crazy. Yeah, I think she's going to return at the Royal Rumble. I think and she's going to I think she's gonna be an authority figure for the women's division in NXT. And then she'll be in AEW as a... Well, isn't she the authority past. figure for... Uh, what for you wow. call it? For a while? Wow. No, she, yeah. she, she wasn't... She wasn't... She hasn't... Because she hasn't been there for the last few tapings. No, yeah. she's gone. She departed Wow. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. but yeah, she was an executive producer for a while, and then yeah. But now, uh, and she even she she said in some things where like she can't wrestle anymore. But then she said in another interview that uh, it just has to be right. So I, yeah, I, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised Di- if Daniel Bryan and 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 Edge and and everyone else said that they can't wrestle, and now they all sign with yeah. AEW. So and actually, to jump on what Travis said about um, all the endorsements and different deals these guys are getting. That's actually what CM Punk wanted all along when he went crazy on that podcast with Coca Cabana mm-hmm. talking about all the stuff he didn't get. So yep. everybody wins. Like if CM Punk gets his happy ending, he gets his main event at WrestleMania, like it all works out. Like and WWE stays winning. And more importantly, uh, again, uh, maybe it's just me because I'm a common man. Uh, if I'm in WWE and I've had quite a few accolades, for me, I wouldn't want to sit down and not – ever be mentioned in the hall of fame for all the hard work i've done all the memories i've made mm-hmm. and, and 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 i know a lot of people sometimes don't look at the hall of fame as that nice golden carrot but i think it is they do when the, they they do when they get the call well oh oh 100 oh, because you know? you know i feel for some people like like i know impact has their own hall of fame or tna has their own hall of fame and i'm not besmirching that but it's not on the same level mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? It's, it's not on the same Those level. Hall of Fame tapings were in like a freaking Ramada Inn, like <laughs> basement. Well, They're at the motel set. And, and, and especially going on what, 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 what Punk was saying on the podcast, he ain't wrestling every week either. He right. ain't doing the house show loops, right? He ain't he ain't going to be wrestling on Raw. Same he's not, he's not, he's not going to be on the Cody schedule. So, right? so do we see do we see a segment at some point where we have Roman, Brock, and Punk all backstage with Heyman. Oh, Lord. And going, okay, which one? Which one it, of us? It almost sounds like the beginning of a Pokemon game where they make you no, pick three I, Pokemon I, I, I think... and you don't know who you're going to pick. <laughs> Charmander's no, I, I really think that, one. I, I think that at some point next year, there's going to be a segment on TV show where it's Heyman – Rock, Roman, and Punk all in the ring together. You know, um, I mean, it's, be, it's, I say it's the night after WrestleMania. It's either the night after WrestleMania or it's the first night wh- wherever wherever Raw lands. 
I, I see it on that first episode, you know, next year, you know, next uh, September. So, so what is it going um, to be like Paul Heyman on a mattress, like unbuttoning his shirt slowly and going, okay, boys fight over me. There's only one person that, that he should stay with. Brock Lesnar. Oh, Ro Roman. Uh, Roman. Oh yeah. Hey, but you know, more importantly, we, we didn't even talk about it. I don't think I've heard lots of people. I wonder what Paul Heyman just either. How much did he know? Punk was coming back, or even if he didn't, it's, I'm just curious because if you look back in you know the archives of Punk's history with WWE, Paul Heyman was very much an instrument in that, and so I always wonder sometimes, you know, maybe what's the conversation that's going on in his head or behind the scenes? I'm just curious. Well, you know, we would assume we would assume that uh, that Paul Heyman probably knew, and was probably one of the few people who actually knew. Um, How much pull does he have? In, in the current administration, in the current uh, WWE, you know, he's like the Wizard era. of Oz, from what I've been, but what I've heard, he's like the Wizard of Oz. Oh, Heyman grants wishes. Yes, uh, Heyman. Heyman writes is all. Is he of, like a Bruce Pritchard level power, or only for Roman stuff? I wouldn't Ooh. say power, but he, uh, he, he's got like a influence in terms of like people go up to him because they they think very highly of him. Yeah, but as far as like. Creative, it's it's all a Roman stuff. Yeah. There's one thing I didn't understand. If there's eight weeks in between now and Rumble, why didn't they do War Games as its own separate show? Because they kept putting this seed out there that you were going to have uh, Nick Aldis kind of feuding with the people on Raw, and then they didn't do anything with that. What's the rush? You got I mean, both brands in the Royal Rumble. building it up. They're slowly building up, which is fine. I'm, but just wondering. You have both well, brands in the Royal Rumble. Right. Yeah. And you, mm -hmm. and you, know. you also, you also got to figure. Um, so that Aldis Cody brief confrontation. Um, remember, when Cody wins that title, mm -hmm. he's going to be on SmackDown, and yep. Aldis is going to be the foe. So mm -hmm. he's going to be the foil for sure. Gonna be interesting. Does Nick Aldis ever get in a ring? Yes. At, at some point, I would hope so. Yes. That's my wish list. He's still he's very young. And he's, still, he's still young and healthy. And really I'd, lo I, I'd love for Pierce, but I think Pierce is a little like maybe what mm -hmm. mid 40s or something like that. He came in the single. Aldis versus Pierce? E, I don't know. That that that, that would be a stretch yeah. on, on Pierce's part. It'd be like, a stretch uh, for Pierce, but I'm saying like, my point is like Aldis is that minus 10 years. Right. Yeah, Blake, go ahead. Oh, I'm sorry, really quick. I, I gotta get going, but I just want to say thank you. Guys. I, I gotta go here. catch a flight. So, yep. anything else, Mr. Michaels? No, we're gonna wrap it up. Uh, thank you guys for coming on. Thank you for listening, and uh, we appreciate uh, the time that everyone put in. Um, again, catch us uh, next week live uh, streaming on Sunday, and. Uh, until then, happy wrestling, everybody. Vegas Bad Boys of Podcasting.